and welcome to Book Chatter, the monthly book club podcast from the Longmont Public Library. I am Josie, and I will be your host for this first episode of our second season. Today, we will be discussing John McWhorter's book, Nine Nasty Words, which was published last year in 2021. McWhorter teaches linguistics, American studies, and music history at Columbia University. He is an opinion columnist for the New York Times and a contributing editor to The Atlantic. He has written numerous books on language and race. Nine Nasty Words is a witty and serious jaunt into the realm of profanity and how it has changed over time. So, a quick word about this episode. This book deals with curse words, and there are a lot of curse words used in the text. We won't be using the full words in this podcast, but we'll instead be saying little euphemisms like the S word and the F word and the N word and the uh, rhymes. It's also a kitty and a female <laughs> dog and, and things like that. Um, we, and if they come out, you know, uh, sometimes it might just pop out of our mouths and we'll try and use the boop, the boop, the, the boop beep. feature, the beep feature. <laughs> We're, we're choosing this because um, while we realize that this is sort of sanitizing and tiptoeing around language, we want everyone to feel comfortable and we want the focus to be on the deeper meaning of these words and their um, where they came from and how they evolved. So listening to the words will probably be a distraction to some people. What do you guys think, my fellow podcasters? Um, Are you going to have trouble doing that? I'll admit I probably will because okay. curse words slip off my tongue very easily. Yes. Um, but it's usually when I'm behind the wheel and traffic is when that happens. Angry, um, yes. Sitting here with my friends and coworkers, you know, doesn't, doesn't, you know, yeah. cause it have the same effect. But um, I, th- I think it was the right choice because we do want as many people to listen as possible. Um, you know, if also I know that a lot of our listeners listen to our podcast possibly in their car when they have children in the car. We don't want, you know, kids to you know, go up to grandma and call her a mother effer. So uh, we won't be saying that. Yeah. Um, So um, it was the right choice. Um, You know, and we also receive funding from taxpayers. And there I know that there are people that don't want to hear those words and shouldn't and feel like they shouldn't pay for their librarians to say that. So um, I agree. Okay. And yeah, like order uses every single, I mean, he he doesn't, he writes them out. Um, Apparently though, Janny, you're saying that, uh, he writes them a lot more than he says them. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because he read um, the audiobook himself. And he said that um, when he needed to go in and, and read the words, especially the slurs, um, like the N word, he, uh-huh. he didn't want to be saying that out loud as many times as he had written it in print. I see. Okay. All right. Well, we'll follow his lead then. Um, so next we are into the rating section. Um, I will go first. I gave this book three stars out of five. Um, I think it was very interesting what he wrote about because I'm a connoisseur of customers. <laughs> um, I use them in my, my life. Um, they pop out and... I find them to be kind of fascinating. They're satisfying. Yes. You know, and, and he speaks in, in the beginning of the book, I believe that your left brain, you, you form sentences and communicate that way with your left brain. Your right brain is where the cuss words come from. Yeah. So they're like emotions with letters. Yes. You know, they're not actually words. Someone can have a damaged left hemisphere of their brain and they can cuss like sailors, but they can't form a sentence. I know. I thought that was really neat too. So, 
I find them fascinating. What gave me pause in giving him a higher rating or this book a higher rating was that I found it really hard to follow, really hard to read. I couldn't sort of get myself into the flow of it. So, for example, when he's talking about the chapter about um, dykes, and I'll use that word because in that chapter it's it's become sort of a appropriation and a term of pride for certain women. Um, you know, he he's like, okay, something about this has been socially accepted. And then, like, he's going to tell us why. But then he goes into a page and a half talking about the N-word and the other F-word, um, the bundle of sticks word, and then he gets back to the dyke conversation. Yeah. And, and, and he does that a lot. And I just, I'm like, I can't, I couldn't sit there and just devour this book. I had to read a little and stop and read a little and stop and like reread because I'm like, I just read that and I don't know what I was listening to. Oh, I don't know what I was reading. Yeah. So um, that just maybe is me and the way I read things, but I found that to be... Mine's a three. I have to disagree. I I found it fascinating, and the fact that he delves into so many rabbit holes of popular culture. He has references that go back to the Middle Ages. Yeah, that's, um, that was neat. The first citation of um, the written word, the written F word, was um, <laughs> F and monk. done by a monk. Yeah, yes. writing about um, his yep. boss, the yeah. abbot. Yeah. And, and then he goes through... Modern times through like Looney Tunes cartoons, yeah, and no, I didn't know. have a problem with any of that. It no, just, I know, I just, I, I get, I yeah, get what you're saying, yeah. but like, I, I was kind of transfixed. I yeah. love how irreverent he is, how funny he is, and who's yes. not going to be irreverent talking about curse words, right? <laughs> you you have mean, to be, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that that really came across, and um, as an English major myself, I had studied like. Um, Old English, uh -huh. Middle English, I read Beowulf in translation, and then um, Chaucer, which he does talk about some in the book, but I hadn't really thought about the progression of how language changes in modern times and how it really is a reflection of our culture. Um, that's what really fascinated me. Um, so I, I give it five stars. Whoa, five, really? Yeah. Five stars? Jana's coming hot out the box. She there, is. I guess. She is. Well, I agree with you, um, Josie. Sorry, Jana. Um I, the first five chapters, you know, the intro was real funny. What you're talking about by the left brain, right brain, the, the intro about Babe Ruth's mother. I mean, I was like, oh, this book is great. Hilarious. Um, and his it wife, was. not his mother. No, Babe Ruth's mother. It was Babe Ruth's mother and father. It had that exchange. You're about the affidavit? And yeah. They're like, oh, I wife. thought it was Babe Ruth himself, his wife. No, it was his mother what? and her father. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she had an affair. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Sorry. So that's okay. Um, so right away I was... I was interested, um, and Jenna's right, he is funny, mm -hmm. um, and Jenna and I are audiobook people, so we, we listen to it, um, and he has a lovely voice, and he interjects with humor and sarcasm um, when appropriate, um, so it's, it was nice to listen to. It might have been easier to follow as an audiobook, perhaps. So. Perhaps, but I listen to it like at home, I'm like doing dishes and cleaning, uh -huh. and it's like I found myself 15 minutes, you know, gone by, and I'm like, what did I just listen to? Yeah. The whole... Going into the history, yes, that was really interesting. For the layperson that doesn't really care about language and linguistics, ooh, delete that word. Um, yeah, it was kind of like blah. It was kind of like... Why would they pick up the book anyway, then, I wonder? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Um, I, I, it was okay. It was, it, was, it was good. It was interesting. I just, I got bogged down yeah. with all the 
trying to follow everything. Um, and, you know, the curse words that he talks about in the first five chapters, you know, I have the sense of humor of a 12-year-old, so it just kind of made me giggle and it didn't really <laughs> do anything. But the second chapter six started, I was like, oh, this is a lot harder to listen to. This is a lot harder to think about because of the words that he was talking about uh-huh. and describing. But, um, you know, it was a good book. I do recommend it yeah. as a audiobook, um, which I usually tend to do um, because – I, I just like audiobooks. They're easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I give it three stars, too. All righty. Okay. So we can kind of jump in the discussions here. In the introduction, McWhorter, he writes, quote, profanity channels our essence, end quote. And I found that to be a very interesting sentence in proclamation. So what do you guys think of that? What do you think it means? Well, what what's your essence? I mean, that's your true person, right? I mean, that's what I think an essence is. Mm-hmm. Like, who am I really? Um, yeah, I think I do agree with that. I, I mean, it's when you're upset and the real you comes out, you know, your little facade is put aside. Um, you know, there are some people that replace the F word with, you know, fudge or, you know, I've heard shut the front door when somebody's mad. Um, but myself, I, I let out a stream of curse words and I, I love them all. Um, the example of Mitt Romney sounding like Ned Flanders <laughs> was a great example. Diddly. Yeah, golly gee, <laughs> using the G yeah. words. Um, I thought that was a great example um, and spot on for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, you know, those um, substitutions just don't carry the same satisfaction mm-hmm. that you get from mm-hmm. using the actual words. And that's why, as Josie mentioned earlier, it's a different part of your brain and it's the emotional part of the brain. And he says that, you know, swear words and curses carry the power of transgression. Um, yeah. And that's what you feel when you use them. And, you know, my mom used to used to avoid saying um, hell. She would say H-E double toothpick. Yeah. She would say, oh, banana boats. You know, she was a school teacher. <laughs> but thinking back, I'm like, did mom really get much satisfaction out of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't think that they that they do. And. Um, he he quotes a cognitive scientist and linguist, Benjamin Bergen, as saying that um, profanity in English tends to consist of words of one syllable uh-huh. ending with a consonant because it feels good. Uh-huh. You know, when yeah. you say that, it just comes out. It's got some force behind it, and it's nice and neat. It's a little tight little punch. It's more serious. You know what I mean? Yeah. True. Like I have this serious emotion, and yeah. it can only be punctuated with this uh-huh. word. And it, maybe yeah. it's it's the freedom you're having to be able to say it and say, mm-hmm. like, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I yeah. just, uh, yeah. Right. You know, it's saying like, gosh, darn it. It just yeah doesn't, doesn't it's a Ned Flanders. Do it. the same yeah. thing. And it's not the same, right, as the words that we can't say today or that we don't say in polite society have changed over time. Uh-huh. So if you were to get really mad, like you wouldn't say, say some of the words like from the Middle Ages, like you know, damn or hell, uh-huh. um, Jesus. Yeah. If you were to yeah. say those in the middle God's ages, bones. Yeah. Yeah. That would have just been, you know, the worst thing. But now for you to feel that reaction, you're going to have to say something else today. A little saltier today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. I really like kind of to your point um, in the intro, he, he says that the urge to curse bypasses your instinct to make sense. And I don't know mm. if anybody else has road rage like I do, but I get behind the wheel and I get mad and I just string together yeah. every <laughs> curse word that I know. Um, it has no structure, no logic, but I'm calling everybody a name and I'm, yeah, it's not good. So we had our first beep of the episode. Not me. You just said it. What'd I say? <laughs> Did she say it? 
I didn't hear. No, she said Helen Dam. <laughs> I, just I didn't heard you say oh what else? maybe i didn't after this re-listen okay. but yeah like i mean there's very few instances where i'm just on fire and my uh-huh. it's just rolling off my tongue with you know like i said no structure no logic mm-hmm. um i have road rage really bad but nah, other times in my life i don't really you know mm-hmm. curse that bad mm-hmm. i use them i use them as adjectives mm-hmm. like this effing computer won't work or mm-hmm. what's wrong with my effing phone you know mm-hmm. i mean there's that satisfaction of kind of uh, closure to your sentence. Um, it's kind of like the modern equivalent of maybe our some of our younger listeners. You know, we when we used to get mad on the phone, we used to slam the phone down. Oh, sure. And it's that, and now you have these oh, you know, flip phones, and mm-hmm, then you know, mm-hmm. just you don't really have that satisfaction of mm-hmm. hanging up on somebody. Yeah, you don't want to um, throw your six hundred dollar phone across the room. Yeah, I've done that before. Oh no, the like poop emoji. Yeah, <laughs> poop. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I I love that um, that curse uh, that urge to curse bypasses your instinct to make sense. I mean that clicked with me. That was in the first couple pages of the book, and I was like, okay, this guy gets me. Yep, yep. Um, did you ever find yourself while reading this um, uncomfortable at his use of a word? Did you feel yourself being like, oh, yeah? And and why? Which one? Uh, the first five chapters were nothing. Those were all the kind of. In my opinion, the tamer curse words, um, you know, the D word, the H word, the S word. It was chapter six. When chapter six started, Which that's when I found uncomfortable. That. The N word. Okay. Because um, those are different curse words to me. They're those, slurs. They're slurs. They're, yeah, he talks about that. The be- The beginning was yeah. religious. Yeah. Um, the middle Bodily was functions. body. Yeah. They're personal attacks, which I'm not okay with. That's not allowed in my home. Uh-huh. Um, I don't. I don't do that. Um, the R word was is one that you know. Growing up in the eighties, the R word, the R word, for a mentally disabled person. Oh, I do not say that word in my I life. Um, and I had to work on that myself. I'll admit. Yeah. Because that was what we said in yeah. the eighties. You know, as yeah, you know, tweens and teens. It was mm-hmm. you know, you're so blah blah blah. You know, mm-hmm. R word. Um, and I haven't said it in a long time, but it's always there. I see. Yeah. As an insult, and I don't like that about myself. Mm-hmm. The other ones I don't have no problem not saying. Yeah. What about you, Jenna? Did you? You know, I think I I read it as someone like listening to a professor, which he is, and he's a scientist. Uh So he says, I think in the preface that like, I'm sorry, I have to say these words, but I'm saying them as someone that's studying them. Mm -hmm. um, And I don't want to get myself beeped all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, That wouldn't make sense either. No. Um, So I think... Yeah, if you t- if you approach it from that perspective, I didn't I didn't necessarily have um, a bad reaction to it because it wasn't being used in a sense that you know it was meant to be used and to to hurt someone. Sure. Um, and I think that he makes the case that we've actually gone too far um, in our society um, of making these words so precious um, and so taboo what we're doing now yeah, in this podcast, right? Yeah, we can't <laughs> even say them. And he yeah. goes back to like the 1950s when people could say the N word. Usually it was in, as a denunciation of the N word um, when people said it, but that it wasn't the way that it is now as a complete taboo that can't even cross your lips. Uh-huh. Um, and you get in major trouble. And I mean, he's, He's that's his perspective, and it's different than many other perspectives sure. of, of people are of color. I think he disagrees with some mm-hmm. some people on that, mm-hmm. um, but he does feel like we've kind of gone too far. And you know, he also thinks that we should still be reading Huckleberry Finn 
Um, mm-hmm. but there are some folks that would say, well, let's take this out of the curriculum. Let's take this out of the library. Um, I don't agree me, with that. I think those books should remain. Yeah, in the library. But, I mean, we're librarians, so we're against censorship. But part of that is that we are pro. Let's have a conversation. Let's educate mm-hmm. our kids. Why was the N-word used well, that time period? Right. I mean, it's intent. Intent right. has to play into it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're saying, you know, like he gave an example of, I believe it was a professor saying the word, um, the N-word, Lee, you know, blah, blah, Lee, you know, but he, so he wasn't saying the N-word. Right. He was using it as, you know, in a different context. And he like got called out by a student and maybe got fired. I think then rehired. So what do you think about if, if you're going to bring up the context argument that, you know, black culture uses the N-word, but with an A at the end? I don't think and that as white people, it's our That they're right two different say. words. I don't think that we should, in my opinion, we don't, we're not allowed to have an opinion as white people. We're mm-hmm. just not. That's. But I found that interesting. He could, he could separate those two words. That yeah. This is a totally different word with a totally different meaning. And I agree. Yeah. I agree. I can see the difference because yeah. there is, there is, you know, intent and there is, you know, context. Mm-hmm. But as. For me, as a white person, I don't have an opinion. And it matters who you are. I think Mm -hmm. if you're in that group that has been marginalized and demeaned, if you choose to appropriate that term, he has a word for it, um, where you start using it affectionately among your members. Yes. As a way, and and as a woman, like I might use the B word with you at some point. If we were just hanging out or whatever. She does it too when we're not hanging out. (laughs) But no, but, but that would be okay for me Me and you as, as women. But he said that he had trouble um, reading out loud the C word um, in, in that chapter because he is a man. So I think a lot of it really has to do with one's perspective and one's group. Your power dynamic, maybe Mm -hmm. your historical. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, you know, I'm going to say the N word here. And it's it's okay for me because I am black and I'm freely admitting that mm-hmm. the color of my skin gives me I agree the I agree to use that and it would be different if I were a white professor mm-hmm. yeah. um, I I would I agree. not feel that way and I you know I fully admit that I mean yeah. men don't get to have an opinion on whether two women can call each other the b word they just don't get mm-hmm. to have an opinion because that is another hateful word not as bad as the n word I mean that's probably the worst but. Men don't get an opinion, in my opinion, whether you and I, Jana, can call each other the B word. Right, and they can't call us that. They can't call us that either. Right. And I can't call... Well, we could call each other that. We, you and I can. Yeah. Um, the like word, the C word in, in like Australia, they use right, that as... A, yeah. But those that the words that bothered me the most were the C word and the P word. Oh, really? Not not, oh, not no. penis, but the yeah. other thing. The female cat? I Yeah, the, the kitty. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, the first season of... Uh, a show on Amazon called The Boys, and it's very, very violent, so I, I couldn't watch the second season. Um, but one of the actors, he's English, and he he's like, you see words. He, he, I mean, that hits his, and he doesn't use it to women. He uses it about his friends and, and it's kind of bad the, guys. Kind of the N-word. Um, using it in a demeaning way? Yes. In a derogatory oh, way? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. And that's what I thought was super interesting, like just as a theme of the book is how gender influences language and how sexism yeah. is inherent in language and is passed down. Yeah. And he shows how, um, with, you know, certain words like the, the P word, the, the kitty word uh-huh. that 
It now is used for men to call other men as a derogatory term、mm-hmm. when they consider them weak、mm-hmm. or lesser.、Mm-hmm. And why is that? It goes back to like the Middle Ages and the sense that women are lesser than men.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's like saying you hit like a girl, you run like a girl.、Mm-hmm. It's、yeah. just being、and、a so, female itself is just an insult. I mean, don't you think that like the sense that I get when I was reading these chapters, though, and it kind of made me mad, was that. <laughs> If you look at the chapter about the penis, okay, so there's like all these different words for、mm-hmm. penis,、mm-hmm. but when you say someone's being a, a D word, right? That's kind of like I think、oh, you could say that. Transgression. <laughs> well, it's a name. Stupid. Right. It's not the same as using the C word、um, for a woman or even the B word. I I just feel like I think that that's a little bit of sexism in there, right? Because all the many words and there are many <laughs> for penis. Uh huh. Like. I don't think any of them carry that derogatory this, on the same level. It's not as much of an insult as the c word. As, yes, I just I just feel violence behind those words. Yeah, the well, c word probably, and the p word just sound violent to me. I don't I don't know why. For, that's because women have been violated. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, <sighs> yeah. I, I speaking of women.、Um, So I really enjoyed reading about、um, how women using words caused them to come in common use, whereas it wasn't the same、uh, with men.、Um, you know, they it was women who quietly started saying "talks" and "has" rather than "talketh" and "hath." Oh, that was really really cool. Of course, and the whole "oh my god" thing like、uh-huh. that didn't start becoming popular until you know white suburban women started using it,、um, and it makes sense. You know, I mean, women. Probably talk more. I don't want to be stereotypical, but they probably talk more, and they're probably around children more. So they're passing on their language to the next generation. So new words that come in, you know, to、huh. the. I wonder if it had something to do with like being storytellers or more in charge of the oral tradition or something like that. I don't know. Don't He know. didn't really go deep into that. But when I read that, I stopped and I went back. And then when I was typing up the notes for this, I went back and found that again, and I was like, wow. Makes、like、so much sense. Say that women, especially young women, are the drivers、mm-hmm. behind language change. Yeah, and I wrote down that section of why, and he says that men's speech tends to differ from women's in terms of the colloquial or vulgar,、mm-hmm. for example, singin instead of singing,、um, and that singin didn't fall into usage entirely due to quote our sense of what's proper, but、uh, women ended up changing language like. Talketh、mm-hmm. um, into talk by just kind of being under the radar, and、mm-hmm. I think it's partly the sexism again is because women were not the ones on the platform in public society giving speeches、mm-hmm. or having public discourse.、Mm-hmm. They were the ones, you know, at home,、mm-hmm. and, and that they just quietly changed the language. And he says that they they changed it without. With no one having had much to say about it until the old ending of talketh was antique. Yeah. It's like they didn't have enough time. They were too busy doing dishes and raising kids. They had to shorten the words. You know, I don't have time for that f. But it almost seems it almost seems kind of subversive in a way. Like, you know what I mean? You're not the one in power, but you're actually the one. You actually are. And he also says that women, especially young women, were the ones that brought the word like. Yeah, like the Valley Girls, like into common usage. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I、yeah. really was like, I've never thought about that before. But yeah, that makes so much sense to me. Yeah. So,、um, why do you think it matters where words come from? So, I think that as English speakers, it's important for us to know our history. And and many folks are going to study history in school, but they don't necessarily study the history of our language, like our mother tongue.、Uh-huh. 
And so I just found it fascinating that he said that, you know, when you look at the history of our language, um, where words come from, where they come from uh, matters. Like, for example, words uh, from Latin or French versus those original English words have very different connotations and what we use them for. So on the menu, he uses meat, right, as an example. Um, on the menu, you're going to read pork, which is the French um, versus pig. Um, you'll read beef, the French versus cow, uh-huh. which is, and the, the, the pig and the cow are the, the old English uh-huh. words. Um, so I just, I just thought that was very interesting. Um, and I think that looking at how words change over time and our culture is important for us because we should understand why, why can we not say these words at this, you know, at this mm-hmm. point in our history? Right. Why were they okay a while ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and what, you know, what might be in store, um, for the future? Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of when we were talking about um, The Only Good Indian, um, the book we read in October. And two of the characters felt like they were, they could talk about themselves as Indians. Um, that's how they saw themselves, that, that word, that descriptor. Um, but, the, but one of the younger men was like, no, I'm, I'm a Native American or I'm Native. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just what you're comfortable with and what you, what you took on and, and you took hold of that word and major identity. How, how do um, and certain words and phrases take on different meanings over time? And are there examples that you found really interesting in the story? The, the F word, but not the F word that we're thinking of. Um, the word that describes a cigarette in, in UK, uh-huh. that was really interesting to me. Like, how does that... A bundle of sticks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did it become from a bundle of sticks to a cigarette to a derogatory term in, in the US? Well, they were calling women the F word. Women and children. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's and right. And that was, then that's gendered and then women are, are lesser. And so yeah. a man who's quote unquote effeminate. Yeah. Became, okay, became, that's right. This derogatory woman word. I thought that was really interesting. Like, Mm -hmm. I was on, um, I was reading um, website, or the website Reddit, um, and some person from the UK said, you know, I'm coming to America, what should I not do? And that was one of the top answers was, do not use the F word for a cigarette, because, Uh you know, among other things. But, yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Um, You, what did you think? Um, Yeah, so one of my favorite sections was in the, the ass chapter, um, and I, um, <laughs> now you're making me laugh. Sorry. Um, 12 so, year old boy over here. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't, um, I didn't really think about this, but when you start studying language, so a lot of what he talks about in the book is like, oh, progression of meaning, what connotations come with language? Mm-hmm. When do they kind of turn nasty? I guess mm-hmm. when do they become off limits? But then there was like this test experiment of the indigenous people um, in Papua New Guinea, what's now Papua New Guinea. And um, their current language that's used uh, in their government, their official language, is called Tokpisin. And it is used as a lingua franca by people who speak hundreds of indigenous languages. Mm -hmm. Um, And its origins were with the English settlement of Australia 
in the late 18th century when a makeshift lingo used a few hundred English words and the rudiments of the grammar of Australian languages um, to come into this language that we now call talk pisin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so what I found fascinating about this is that um, it began as a limited pigeon useful for basic matters but then it flowered into real language, uh, complete with real grammar and dictionaries. And, and this was, I'm quoting from the book that, you know, what I just read. Um, but he said that, so the, the salty British sailors um, arrived into this land, and that's where the indigenous folks picked up words like ass. But they didn't pick up the kind of nasty or salty connotation of ass, they just picked it up as it's someone's buttocks. Kind of a fun word to say, yeah. too. And so today, what they call their seat of government is their ass place. <laughs> and they will also use that for, like, home village, the place where you sit. Uh-huh. And there is no, you know, there's no sense of the improper or the profane mm-hmm. in, in that. And so I just thought, that's so fascinating mm-hmm. that you can, like, we carry all this baggage, but here is this new language that developed. Um, they also used Mary as a word for woman. Just uh-huh. any woman was called a Mary. Uh-huh. And so it's just it's just super interesting to me to just see, like... Or Sheila. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good example, like, too. Like, what can happen with, with language? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't wait to get home to my ass place. Yes. <laughs> what do you think the difference between a slur and profanity are, according to McWhorter? Um, if I remember the book right, um, a slur is something that you're trying to hurt somebody with. Uh-huh. Um, and profanity is just like, you know, ah, I, I stubbed my D-word toe or something. You're not, that's not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, con- it's context, it's intent. But I think of the word like profane. I don't, I don't even know what that word means. So I think profane originated as kind of the opposite or um, when you you profane the sacred. Uh-huh. So, and, and that was why, you know, all those words about uh, religion were, uh, you know, when it, when you were taking an oath, if it was not a real oath, and I thought this was also super interesting. In the oh, chapter. yeah, you're right. I remember that. Um, a long time ago, many folks were illiterate, right? Mm-hmm. And so they could they could only, like, take a verbal oral oath. They're they couldn't even signature. sign their names. Yeah. Or right. maybe they would put an X. Right. But so oath swearing was really important. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it didn't have, it didn't mean a bad thing at that time. It just meant you would swear an oath to God, and that was your word, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so, but then it, <laughs> but then when people started um, taking it in vain, mm-hmm. um, all those relig- you know words around faith, religion, mm-hmm. God, when you did that in vain, that's where it, it became profane. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, and I think profanity has like morphed into many different things, those things that we don't say right. that are taboo, but the slur is the, the one that, like you said, is really hurtful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what our profanity of today is, yeah. is the slur, is the those racial terms that 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 some groups use. Uh, so is there a difference between a profanity and a slur? I, I think profanity is just like the the overall umbrella term. Uh, okay. And then the slur, the it's slurs are one kind of profanity. That are about groups of people. Yeah. 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 yeah that's what I agree. Because I remember reading that and I was like, okay, I think it was a chapter on um, 
the the other F word yeah. um, against gay folks. I think he said, you know, I'm going to tell you what the difference between profanity and slur was, and I never actually yeah, I, found I, that out. Yeah, I think Janet is right. I mean, yeah. like profanity, the modern day definition of profanity is just kind of all the all the bad words you wouldn't say in front of your grandma or whatever. Sure. But a slur is, a slur to me is something with bad intent. Derogatory. Like yeah, you're yeah. hurting somebody with that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt anybody to just say what the, you know, H-G double hockey sticks. Right. So I, now you say H-G double hockey sticks. Um, mm-hmm. I was in college and um, Gus, my husband now, his parents came to the college and, and they were, they belonged to a church out here. <laughs> And somebody was like, we should start saying heaven o instead of hello. Oh, my. <laughs> it's like, oh, my word. That Glad is that so. didn't catch on. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, heaven o. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's pretty literal. Sounds like saying have an o, which immediately <laughs> makes my mind go into the gutter. So <laughs> maybe that would have been funny. <laughs> But I think, I mean, to go back to slurs, like, what I thought was really interesting was, and we touched on it earlier, is the reappropriation of the terms of abuse into one of affection. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, whether it's women, whether it's it's gay folks, whether it's... So the same word can be a slur, and it can be an affection, the same exact word. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, the B word, female mm-hmm. cat, you know, mm-hmm. Jan and I call each other the B word, mm-hmm. it's affection. But if, you know, some dude down the street was to walk by her and call her that, it wouldn't be. Yeah. It would be a slur. Um, so what did you uh, learn from this book, if anything? Um, you know, did it change how you feel about these cuss words? No. I mean, I learned some cool historical stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know, the name for a cigarette started out as a bundle of sticks, which <laughs> wild to me. And that, you know, and I already kind of knew this, but that some slurs like the c word for you know the bad word for a, a cat um is okay in other cultures you know that's what they call each other in australia i found what i found interesting was his his talk about the progression of what is what is bad mm-hmm. you know what is considered off limits mm-hmm. in like medieval times the f word was just fine mm-hmm. um but hell and damn mm-hmm. had a whole different meaning and then the body, mm-hmm. icky, icky bodies. And now we're, you know, like you can't, you can't listen to a song nowadays sometimes without a woman singing a better, yeah, her know. kitty, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so it, just how these words have morphed and, and how now it's the, the, the group slurs yeah. that are the things that we're, we're policing. And he seemed almost permissive of the music that uses the N-word. And he's like, I understand why the young, you know, male groups call each other this when they're not part of that group. And he's like, that seems okay. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, the N-word that ends with an A that means mm-hmm. friend and mm-hmm. buddy, mm-hmm. Um, which ugh, I still don't like. Um, you know, I have a 19-year-old son and I'm like, ah, you better just never say either of those words. Um, yeah. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. You know, that's... He was he was raised to not use slurs. Yeah. Profanity, not so much, you know, once he reached a certain age, but Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the little tidbits that were sprinkled in the book about how the meaning of certain words changed, in addition to what you mentioned, Josie, about like the general progression mm-hmm. of culture and what's taboo. But one word that I learned um, that I didn't know was um, that nice used to mean ignorant. Oh, yeah. yeah. Super fascinating how, 
you can actually kind of deconstruct that in your in your mind, right? You can say, oh, that's such a nice girl. Like, he talks about this, like, mm-hmm. we would use that for women often. Um, and it was because they were uneducated and they, they weren't going to talk back. They didn't have their own mind. Right. They were unoffensive, right? Yeah, they're so nice. And so I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't really. <laughs> Janice, never going to be nice again. No, no I think uh, I remember talking with, with, with sort of a mentor about nice and kind. And that kind's much more important than nice. Nice just goes with the flow, uh-huh. status quo, you know, going to be, have all this etiquette and not make any waves and kindness. You're going to disrupt something sometimes. You're going to. Yeah. So you still, so you kind of picked up on that intuitively from that. I guess some of that old sense of the word still maintains like. Yeah. You, you kind of picked up on that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd already thought that nice wasn't exactly what you wanted to but be. But I hadn't known huh. that it meant ignorant. Or I didn't know it meant ignorant either. Yeah, yeah. No. So it all That's kind of- interesting. There is a difference between nice and kind if you really sit down and think yeah. about yeah. it. Like, yeah. you know, you're going to be kind to the homeless man on the corner or, uh-huh. you know, the person with, you know, leprosy. Niceness is a veneer. That's different. Right. Yeah. Nicety. Yeah. It doesn't take a whole lot of work. Yeah. It takes yeah. a lot of work to actually wow. be kind. Huh. A yeah. light bulb just went off. Bing! <laughs> Up there above my head. Yes. We're all parents of various ages of boys. Um, you know, what do you teach your children about using certain words? And society and culture have become less offended, although there are still people who, I don't want to hear these words in any kind of context, out of anybody's mouth in any age. And, and they're very disturbed by the trend now to use a lot of these words just in, in daily conversation, in the media, um, you know, and, and do you disagree with that or agree? I, I'm, tr- I'm thinking of my children. <laughs> they were known in grade school. <laughs> they were the, they were the little cuss kids, you know. Your kids were? Yes. They're so sweet and polite when I hang out with them. They are sweet and polite. That doesn't mean they can't cuss. Well, I guess that's true. Right? Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, uh, they just... They use those words a lot. And, and, and Henry, my oldest, he's 16 and he uses when he's on gaming with his friends. Oh, oh yeah. my Lord. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. I like go in and I'm like, I don't, I'm sick of hearing that word. Yeah. You know, but then as a part of me is like, why am I trying to police this? Yeah. It's the level of noise that always, you know, mine's 19 and he would, he would curse and it wasn't the cursing. It was like, tone it down, man. It's like 1030. I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. And he's screaming. Um, yeah. You know, growing up, they were gr- there were grown up words that we weren't allowed to say just because we were young and you know it had to be respectful but we didn't really get in trouble for them that much um, you know again like context and situation mm-hmm. mattered very much to my parents there wasn't any like you can't say this there's no you know if ands or buts yeah 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 you just can't say it and there's no reason why um, mm-hmm. you know I didn't grow up in a religious home at all so damn and hell weren't you know taboo taboo or you know they they were the same as saying you know the S word and the F word mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and I raised my kid the same way. I mean, basically I told him, you cannot curse until you either have a job or a driver's license. Because to me, <laughs> the two things that make you probably want to curse the most. <laughs> and you can never, ever, ever. I mean, right? I, I mean, you know. So, so and that's about the right age when you can kind of start letting loose, letting loose the reins and letting your uh, kid kind of yeah. form his own or her own, you know, whatever. But yeah, driver's license or a job, you know, then you can... Cause of a blue storm, I don't care. Um, but you're never allowed to call somebody a name. Yeah. You're never, I mean, even shut up or, yeah. you know, call somebody stupid, which is pretty mild in today's terms. You're not allowed to be 
unkind. Sure. But you can step your toe and say, gosh, that effing hurt or whatever. Uh Um, You know, probably a little bit worse than that. But that was that was my rule. And that's as as kind of how I grew up as well. Yeah. My one of the big words that my mom never wanted me to say was hate. Yeah. She's like, that's a strong word. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. And I've heard that, too, as well. But but I did grow up in a religious home. And I remember I said a cuss word to my boyfriend and we were sitting in church. I didn't say it loudly. Just like in conversation? Yes. Or yes. Shut the F up or something? I don't know remember yeah. what the word was. Okay. Um, but he was like, Josie, we're in church. I'm like, okay, let's, God's everywhere, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter what room I'm in. Yeah, yeah. No, you I know, I, I thought that was very hypocritical. And also, they were so picky on damn and hell and, you know, the S word and F word and all that. But you could just sit there and say, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And to yeah. me... I was taught that that was taking God's name lightly, right? Yeah, and yeah. that's what we should be right. policing instead of these words that society doesn't yeah, approve of. Um, neither of my parents were very religious, but the, oh my God, my mom just did not like that because she grew up in a religious uh-huh. home. Um, and it wasn't like a bad word, but it was it was disrespectful. It sounded, you know, unintelligent to her or yeah. she just was like, quit saying that, you know, she had four girls. So we were always like, Oh my God, so-and-so did this. Yeah. You know? And we said that a lot. And you bring up a good point too about unintelligence. I think people who curse a lot are considered more intelligent, unintelligent. Well, they are more intelligent, but like somebody who's like F and F and F and just like every other word's an F word. And you, I think a lot of society looks at those people and say, can't you think of another word? And I think I do it too. I, I kind of, you know, I'm a connoisseur of the curse word. So I'm like, oh, and it's used well, you know? And I'm like, absa, absa, F and lutely. Yes, and, you know? Yeah, and stuff like that. And I, I wasn't, I don't want to hear Henry say every other word's an F word, but when he uses it in context in a really good way, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know? But I don't, I guess I don't want to hear it become just a filler word. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's important to teach our kids when you can use this mm-hmm. word. Um, and when you can't, you know, in polite society, I, I've told them, you know, you, you could get in trouble for saying mm-hmm. this in school. But what I want my kids to do is to have the discernment to know the difference. Yeah. Right. Because, Janet, your kids are younger. Your kids are younger, they right? They are, but, like, they're still getting infiltrated from their friends. Well, sure. You know, Absolutely. one of them is in fifth grade, and, and he does have a friend that lives with you know, young adults has mm-hmm. older siblings uh-huh. and he, and the video know, games, man, the video, that's my games. kid, <laughs> my kid, your kid's going to my kid's house. <laughs> yeah. I just, so, oh. I mean, I have to say, I have to try to, to talk to mm-hmm. him. Yeah. But I think as librarians, like we are more about educating mm-hmm. our children mm-hmm. and having conversations and not just kind of pushing it under the carpet and, and, you know, giving someone a, a whipping or if they, if washing out with soap, he said, oh my the author said, oh, my dad washed my mouth out with soap when I was younger. For, <sighs> like on the Christmas story. Yeah. That movie that, you know, about Christmas with yeah. the little boy, then he said the F word and fudge. Yeah. But I didn't say fudge. But to me, it just signals you have a command of the language. Mm-hmm. You use that's it true. in the right place mm-hmm. at the right time. And that's yeah. okay to me. That's okay. Yeah. And it feels good. It does. It feels good. It sure does. But we know that. But I agree, like the filler and just constantly having to use it for some kind of cultural reason. Like when my husband and I were were in France teaching a long time ago, we would go to the internet cafes Mm because we didn't have, this was a long time ago, they didn't have internet, you know, where we were living. We didn't have smartphones. 
And Jen is so old. The, the teenage boys would just be in there swearing in French. The words oh, but it probably the, sounded lovely. The word for poop and the word for prostitute, because in French they they frequently use the word for prostitute as a swear word. Huh. Um, now I want to know just, what that word. <laughs> oh God, I didn't even think about the word like H O O K R. Like that's a pretty. But but you, we don't really slur. say that in English we don't. as a as a bad word. You can see the difference in our English culture from the French culture. Hmm. The fact that these swear words in the Romance languages stick for prostitutes. Uh-huh. Um, but you know the the boys were just in there left and right with their video games and yes. So what's your rule for your kids then? Just use it appropriately, or you have to be a certain age, or I. I like to have etiquette at my house, like at the dinner table, and, you know, I don't want to hear that stuff in my house, mm-hmm. and so I I tell them that, mm-hmm. um, and the friend that I consider a bad influence, like, I have to tell my son, you know, playing with him is a privilege, and I'm not okay with that in my house, mm-hmm. um, but I want him to grow up knowing what the words mean, and being mm-hmm. educated, and, like, being able to use them appropriately. I think that that's... Yeah, Burned. yeah. I mean, there's no right and wrong, really. I mean, it's just, and you know, it's usually what how we were raised. I mean, I'm, I raised my kid pretty a lot how I was raised. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was more about being unkind. You know, the, like I said, the, mm-hmm. the shut up, mm-hmm. and you're stupid. That was more offensive to my parents than you know. Yes, just using it in general language. All right. Um, so thank you, Janet and Devin, for talking sure. about um, curse words. And, and I like uh, a quote. McWhorter says that um, some words are hard liquor. I liked yeah. how he said that. Yeah. Um, so next month, we are going to discuss Charles Foster's Being a Human, Adventures in 40,000 Years of Consciousness. So that's a lot of years to yeah. get through. And I yeah. started it, and it is really good. Yeah. Like so it. get that book, folks, and start reading it. And um, we'll talk about that in February. Book Chatter, the book club for busy people.